beautiful dream. Stopping the wheel. You're not the first person who's ever dreamt it. I'm not going to stop the wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. Everybody, this is Corey DLG hanging out here with Nerd Thug Radio with uh, little brother Nico, and we are blasting out all over the AM radio tonight, this weekend. Man, you just decided to pick every word. <laughs> I'm just gonna get it all wrong today. That's all right. <laughs> uh, we're hanging out here doing the weekly update with Nerd Thug Radio thing. How is everybody? Uh, I I think I think I'm doing well. I don't know. Are you asking oh. only me? Am I everybody? Uh, I mean, I guess I'll ask you because you're the only one who can answer. But really, it's towards everyone. Feel free to send an email or message to the Facebook page if you're not okay. And we'll make Nico uh, respond to all that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's been a good week. What's been up with you, man? What have you been up to? Uh, you know, after we, we were having the, uh, the fun times at the celebration at the uh, old adventure begins, just living it up this weekend. Been a lot of fun. I guess this week. Yeah, that was last weekend, and then we played some Dungeons and Dragons and all that. Um, mm. So I've yeah. been I've been living pretty. Just been having a lot of fun. <laughs> Although that, right. like that Monday, I was devastated. I think I woke up at like three in the afternoon. <laughs> oh man, I what? slept forever. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you sleep so late? Because I was I was busy. I had to recharge the batteries. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Well, you're telling me that after a weekend of doing stuff, you don't want to sleep for 37 hours? I want to sleep for 37 hours, even if I slept for 37 hours over the weekend. Yes, that's fair. <laughs> I've got to be talked into doing things. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's been a it's been an interesting week so far for me. Uh, Marvel Comics has printed the line "Dump Truck Butt." Um, what they use the A word too. It's it's a funny line. Um, I got to watch the hidden the. I was part of the Kickstarting campaign, a part of eight hundred thousand person Kickstarter campaign for Critical Role eighty thousand. I think actually, like eight hundred thousand. It was crazy. I think it was eighty thousand. They raised two million. I think from eighty thousand, which is nuts. Um. However, um, you know, Amazon picked it up and they're releasing it and it will release over the weekend. So as you're hearing this show, it has released, I believe, either the first three or four episodes on Amazon Prime. Um, But being one of the Kickstarters, they were running a rotating streaming thing Tuesday and then a couple more streamings of it Wednesday. And there were private streamings, so you needed to email code. uh, So I got to watch the first two episodes. Go ahead of the curve. Aren't you you cool and secretive? It is a neat thing that they've set up, and it is pretty impressive how they've set up. I've got to imagine that this was a massive undertaking on everyone's part uh, because it sounded important to the Critical Role people to honor whatever kind of commitments and agreements they had made during the Kickstarter. Uh, And then as the Kickstarter funded, Amazon kind of stepped in and said, Well, we're going to make it, let's just go ahead and make it a show. And um, I think at that point, is when, you know, they were like, okay, well, this is going to be bigger than we thought it was going to be, but we still want to take care of these people who helped get us this far. Right, yeah, because, I mean, that's, I think, probably the, the best part about it, is it I'm, being a community, like, driven stuff. 
Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to like. It I takes feel like it happens to get you there. Right. Yeah, and I feel like it happens all too much where it's like the people that finally get there, and it's like, oh, but what about your original fans? It's like I don't need those guys anymore now that I've hit it big. <laughs> yeah, I. I think it does and it doesn't. Um, I think to an extent, there's an element of like. Like, listen, when you're a small band and 20,000 people is enough to make a living being a small band, but then you get signed to a major label and you're on tour and there's, you know, 4 million people buy your next album, it's probably really hard to dedicate a lot of resources to those original 20,000. Yeah. That's probably, and I, and I suspect that that's what happens more than the other side of it, which is... Um, you know, oh, we don't, you know, I, I've got 4 million fans now. What do I need with these 20? I don't, I, I don't think people intentionally, there probably are some people who are just like, you know what? Like it is what it is. I am where I am. Like this is where I'm focused now. Um, but I, but I imagine that happens less than we think it does. I, I'll, I'll say this though. I'm really excited for the critical role people just in a, I wish them well sort of way, because this path didn't exist. If you think about everything that's happened for them, you know, over a six year run, it starts out with them just on a, you know, they're playing a home game and then they're just famous enough. They're just funny enough that geek and sundry and connected to geek and sundry enough that they're like, Hey, why don't we take that home game and just air it? And it just keeps growing and growing and growing into this. Oh, and it's become its own thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is worth, you know, I think that's worthwhile. Um, I think it's, it's impressive. Yeah. So you're, right. you're cool. You got to see it. How was it? I did get to see it. It's 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 good. It's it's interesting. It's so where I'm at in the Vox Machina saga on Spotify. Mm-hmm. They're already members of the council, and they're searching for another member of the council. This is the first two episodes. I I, I assume this is the beginning of their story. Um, because I don't know the beginning. I don't know where it started. I only know where it starts on Spotify, but when it starts on Spotify, they're already level 10, I believe, is what they say. Hmm. Um, Jane is like prequel to that then. Yeah. And so, well, and, and you know, and I noticed that because the end of this, they're in, they're accepted onto the council for their role and what they do in the show. And one of the council members is the one that they are going after in the adventure that I'm listening to right now. Ah, okay. So I said, oh, okay, interesting, interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it's been a really, really good uh, experience. Them, the way they've stayed in touch with people, which I'm not great at. I've got to get a lot better at staying in touch with people. Um, but the way they stay in touch with people has been really solid. And then beyond that, the way they have really kind of I mean, just grown this thing, but still curated it and taking care of everybody along the way. I, I'm I'm super impressed with. Yeah, plus it, it's just really cool. It is cool, man. Like, like it's always cool when you see like creators get to like the recognition and like just something that they clearly are having fun with too. Like that's always a good thing. Because yeah, it's no, one thing where sure. it's like you pour your heart into something and you're like, I do this for fun because, you know, I think it's fun. And people are like, oh, this is great. <laughs> right. And they're like, oh, man, this is fantastic. And then enough people think that, enough people watch it, enough people support it that it's able to become something more than that. 
which is super just BA. Like, I love that. It's just, it's great energy. It is great energy. And that's sort of why, that's sort of why I'm really rooting for them, honestly. I mean, I don't think you have to root for them, Corey. I think they already did. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but I want to see this succeed. Like, I want to see this cartoon do well. Oh, yeah. Hope enough people watch it so that they can then turn around. Like, and keep going. <laughs> yeah, and keep telling their story. Exciting. Um, yeah, they definitely have made it. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, but I think I do. I mean, you know, I don't think we can say enough about just how interesting it is that they kind of out of nowhere in a lot of ways have done this where like, if you just said critical role. So I've noticed on the internet, there's about six different articles telling their story this, this week, obviously, because the cartoons debuting. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you would have, if you would have said the the words critical role to somebody a year ago, the likelihood that they would have known you were talking about the Dungeon Dragon show that comes from the Twitch live stream is not is not big. Yeah, like it's like I would say that we would probably recognize the name, but that's because we're turbo nerds, right? Yeah, we're pretty in it. Yeah. Like... We would recognize it, but the general populace wouldn't. Yeah, and I think that that's sort of... Um, I mean, I think that's really kind of what, what's interesting about this is just how much has sort of elevated and changed. Um, and then it even goes as far as now Dungeons & Dragons just released a new book updating Taladurai, which is the the air, the place where the Critical Role campaign occurs. Um, I mean, that's a long, dormant story you know uh place for them in dungeon dragons yeah if i'm not mistaken they already have like a book like official book with the dungeon dragons people yeah they um this is their uh i think second critical role licensed thing with with dungeon dragons uh there's also one from another group that I bought, it reminds the other group reminds me of Penny Arqu- uh, Penny Arcade a lot. Mm. They're called Acquisitions Incorporated, and it was sort of a corporate a corporate themed look at Dungeons and Dragons. Like adventuring is an investment. Uh, I thought this was interns that kind of right, a thing. Yeah. It's very funny. I really like the uh, like. There's a lot of really funny bits in that. Like I've, I've looked into it a little bit. I think we talked about it once before. Yeah, I think we we, we talked about it. Probably one time after I first got it, I had read through like the first 20 pages and I was like, this is really funny stuff. Um, so Dungeons and Dragons will, I mean, if you reach a certain level of, of notoriety, I mean, they will work with you for sure. Critical Role, though, is to the point now where they have their own figurines and things of that nature. Yeah. Which is cool. I just think it's, you know, and I, I, I like, how long has Critical Role been going on? Like six, seven years, something like that? I feel like six years. I've, I've been saying six years in my head. I mean, either way, they've probably I mean, they've probably been playing before that. You know, I, I'm not saying it's because, but I think it's definitely due to the fact that you know, Dungeons and Dragons has made such a hard comeback in the last ten years. Right, but you gotta think it's because of stuff like this too, right? Right. Yeah. Like I think it's like because of like stuff like Critical Role. I uh, can't forget Stranger Things being like one of the just the best 
like individual scenes in that whole show is still that opening scene where they're playing Dungeons. <laughs> right. Like stuff like that is really kind of catapulted D D back into like like almost this like mainstream now it's kind of like a it's like a mainstay like a good majority of nerds have probably played D&D. Like, I've played D&D now, and I'm, I'm like, the, I know so much, but have done so little in the nerd sphere. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, this weird curator of knowledge. Like, come on, ask me most of Transformers and or, like, random nerd stuff, and I probably would know. But, like, oh, but have you done or touched any of it? I'd be like, nah. Nah, you're like the ultimate, uh, like heavy reader. Yeah, <laughs> I've obtained all this knowledge. Have I used any of it? No, nah, not really. <laughs> we'll get you there. We'll get you there. Like I knew about D D, but I never touched it. And now, like, now we've been playing a game for a regular amount of time. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 right in it. Like. We're fully in this experience now, and I just think it's very interesting that we've gotten to this point. I, yeah, like, I, just, I love to see it. You love to see it. It's it's very exciting, and it's exciting for them, and I'm and I'm happy for for their success, and I hope it keeps going for them, just because they really kind of built this thing out of nothing, and a lot of stuff has come together so perfectly. But I think they played a big role in a lot of it too. Like I don't know, would Dungeons Dragons have been a big deal without Critical Role? Yes, probably. Um, but maybe not. And it, and if someone tells if someone tells me they think no, I can't really argue with them. Yeah, you can't be like, well, I don't really think that's true. It's like, well, it gets a lot of people who are interested. Yeah, I mean, if you think you know, they're probably pulling you know three or four million people to their to their events and things like that. Then yeah, they probably are a significant part of why Dungeons and Dragons is worth. Is you know has kind of come back. Um. But you definitely root for their success just because of the, the way they sort of took something they loved that, that they were doing and just sort of kind of walked it out there. And people kept going, yes, we are about this. And so I'm happy for them. I'm proud of them. I think it's exciting stuff for them. I hope they keep I hope it keeps happening. I hope the cartoon succeeds. Uh, I'll definitely be tuning in and I hope everyone else does, too. Uh, this is probably the nicest we've ever been to someone who isn't paying us, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool the way they've laid out a path for themselves. Yeah. And it's just, you know, creator support. It's just, they're just cool. We like what they do. We do like what they're doing. Um, all right, with all that being said, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got a lot more up late with Nerd Thug Radio. What's up, Night Owls? Corey DLG here. Wanted to make sure you guys know about the weekly schedule of The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more right up there at 525 Woodland Square, Suite 130 in Conroe. Every Monday, they're painting miniatures, and on Tuesday, they're rotating between Digimon or Dragon Ball. On Wednesday, they have Yu-Gi-Oh! On Friday, they do casual Star Wars play of almost every type of game, including Legion and X-Wing Fighter, and of course, Magic the Gathering and Warhammer on Saturdays. Make sure to go to The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more, where all the nerds hang out. Hey, Night Owls, if you're looking for something to do this week or this weekend, make sure to check out False Idol Brewery, 7924 Maplewood Avenue in North Richland Hills. 
They got 20 beers on tap, three to six beers available in various packages to go, including wine, ciders, and kombucha. They're open seven days a week, opening every day at 11 a.m. and closing at 11 o'clock on Friday and Saturdays, and then open 12 to 9 on Sunday. Go hang out right there at False Idol Brewery, 7924 Maplewood Avenue, North Richland Hills. Attention real estate investors. Have you sold properties using seller financing? Call Sal. Do you collect monthly payments from a mortgage note but want a lump sum cash offer? Call Sal. Do you have a rent to own property but want to cash out? Call Sal. We pay cash today for your cash flow assets. If you would like a lump sum offer on your asset, please call Sal. We can present a same day offer so you can get cash in your hands as quickly as possible. Call Sal at M5X Mortgage Note Solutions now. 619-922-0176. 619-922-0176. Welcome back to Uplate with Nerd Thug Radio. This is Corey DLG and with me as usual is little brother Nico. Hello, hello. Um, I gotta be honest. I just air polluted my studio pretty roughly. I, I did not mean to do that, but it's it's brutal. I'm sorry. He had to live this way. I don't know how to tell you. <laughs> I now know what it's like to sit in a methane gas exchange. It's it's awful. <laughs> My eyes are watering. Like, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, one of the other things we mentioned in the intro to the show was uh, Marvel Comics worked in the line dump truck butt this week in a Marvel comic. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny. Uh, it's, it's funny. It really is, but I'm sure it's going to get attention. Um, I don't know if this is a mini series or a one shot or whatever it is, but it's, it's black cat and Mary Jane. All right. Um, and so I guess at some point in the comic book, they're pulling the old switcheroo and Mary Jane dresses up as black cat. Got him. And so later they're sitting up on a roof and uh, Mary Jane and her are talking and Black Cat says, yeah, I didn't know if it was going to work with your dump truck butt, but I'm glad we pulled it off. And Mary Jane's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but uh, there you go. It's now printed in Marvel Comics. It's real. It's real. We're living in the timeline where this is real. <laughs> Uh, it's a funny line it's a funny bit i just you know and and you know i'm sure girlfriends talk to each other that way i'm sure it's not that big of a deal but it is funny to think where we've come in in in, in the world where that that that's a line in a book well like it i don't know like am i surprised anymore no i'm never surprised <laughs> i've ceased being surprised <laughs> All right, that's fair. I mean, I can't argue that. Um, you can, you, you like uh, nothing you can do now is just like in a surprise at this point. We're living in future space year, twenty twenty two. Just too much has happened now, huh? You just you're no longer buying it. Yeah, no, it's not that I'm no longer buying it. I'm just no longer surprised. <laughs> that's what I mean. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You no longer at this point. You just accept it. It's just yeah, that's real. Yeah, you know, I understand. That's fair. I mean, I can't. Although, although the, the antithesis to that is the fact that anyone can say anything and be like, "Yeah, I believe it." Yeah, I mean, I, I'd probably Google that, but no, nah, I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> so I've become somehow less less trustworthy. <laughs> That's funny. Or more, uh, more, uh, ye, more trusting. There you go. Less trustworthy. Right, because now I just have a bunch of knowledge I assume is true because people have told me things. Right. Right. Exactly. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, funny, I mean, funny how that works. <laughs> it is, it's no, it's more sad how that works. But I get it. I got it. I get it. No, I get it. <laughs> um. So everything being said, I do want to, you know, I, I think there's interesting ideas. I'm glad they're trying new stuff at Marvel. I think the idea of a Black Cat Mary Jane comic book is probably not one that would have flown ten years ago, five years ago. Um, I hope I hope it's bringing in the kind of readers looking for the female readers, the the demographics that mar- that comics struggle to keep, and that's not really fair. Let me rephrase that: the demographics that mainstream comics struggle to keep, because girls do read comics. They read the indie books, they read the Vertigo line, they read all kinds of stuff. There's tons of image books they read. They just don't read Marvel. They just don't read DC, and, and even that's not true. You know, I've met several. I'm met, we've met tons of women who are X-Men fans and things of that nature. But uh, I am glad that there's a Mary Jane Black Cat comic book. Um, I, I hope feel it's, like it's weird we it's haven't done this one before. What's that? So it's weird how we haven't done this one before because like, you'd think that they'd have interacted more at this point. Well, so there is sort of this weird thing, right, where they, because of their different roles in Peter Parker's lives, a lot of times they don't cross paths at the same time. It's like if... if if Peter Parker's in a chapter of his life where Mary Jane's around a lot, typically Black Cat isn't there. Um, it's sort of like writers like different ideas about who Spider-Man should date, right? Like Spider-Man should date the and, and really it's sort of a dumb problem to have, right? Like the bodacious, sexy, uh, feline uh, thief. Or, you know, bad girl or the supermodel turned wannabe housewife. Like, I, what a dumb problem to have for a superhero. But um, even poor Peter Parker can make it feel miserable every once in a while. The every man. <laughs> it's, it's so, like, there is an element to Peter Parker's life that is just... You know, my comic book, Another Day at the Office, part, a lot of the humor comes from just what he goes through. Um, just the world at him is the humor. Uh, and a lot of that, you know, it reminds me of kind of the Peter Parker vibe. Uh, when Brian Bendis was doing New Avengers, uh, and the first arc is the formation of this New Avengers team, Spider-Man is like, I'm an Avenger now? And they're like, yeah, you're in. And he's like, great. He's like, what's it pay? And they're like, no, no one's getting paid this time. And he's like, of course. Yeah, that that checks out. That's uh, that's about what I thought. Like, <laughs> of course it doesn't. Um, I, love, I love there's a, oh, I, forget, I forget where it was from, but there's someone arguing about, like, they're talking about Spider-Man, and he, he poked his head in, and he's like, he's like you know, it's, it's spider hyphen man I don't, I don't know if that, there's a little bit of a pause in there like saying it right <laughs> i can feel like the lack of a hyphen yeah <laughs> that's pretty funny that's pretty funny yeah it, it, there's a humor and sort of like a, a joyfulness to his discomfort i guess uh but yeah i mean for some reason in the girl department peter parker's never had that problem even Gwen Stacy was the love of his life. And that you know, every time they cast that, it's Emma Stone or something. It's like, wow, okay, yeah, guy's got real problems. No, it, it's a real problem when you die. <laughs> right. Uh, also, in Spider-Man 3, they cast uh, 
I don't know. This is Spider-Man 2. So he's trying to... He doesn't know if he wants to... In, in Amazing Spider-Man, the one with Andrew Garfield, the second, the in, Amazing Spider-Man 2. So the fifth overall, the second with Garfield. Um, he's struggling to know if he wants to, to go back to Gwen Stacy because he promised uh, her dead dad that he would leave her alone. Mm-hmm. Not drag her into all this. Um, they wrote out... They wrote it in and shot it and everything, and then wrote her out of the movie. A whole love triangle with Jessica Chastain as uh, Mary Jane. Uh, and she's another incredibly beautiful, wonderful actress, but just gorgeous. So it was like, oh no, who will Andrew Garfield end up with? Emma Stone or Jessica Chastain? Like, what a real problem he has. <laughs> it's like. That's probably the most unrelatable thing about Peter Parker as the everyman is that his problem is too many women and he has to make choices. All beautiful women, by the way. Right, yeah. None of them, like, something he feels an obligation to. It's just like, I have to choose between these beautiful women. Like, Also, almost none of them have flaws. Yeah, their flaws are that they, like, their hardest thing in their lives is that they're in love with Peter Parker. Right, yeah. Or their flaw is like, ooh, I'm a villain. <laughs> right. Kind of. But, sort like, of. not really. I mean, stealing is still bad, but like robbing from the rich, insured jewelry and things of that, like, eh. yeah, like it's the most like whatever crimes ever. Well, and and it's not like Spider Man couldn't help her solve that problem, right? right. Like, <laughs> if Spider Man and her were to be together, it is as you know he would fix that for her. So yeah, it is. It's sort of like a it is a ridiculous thing. It's like. Uh, Oh no, which one of these beautiful, flawless women am I going to get with? <laughs> Paul Simon has a has a song called Diamonds in the Soles of Her, of her Shoes. And it's about, you know, this woman who complains about everything, uh, but like her life is so great, but she can't stop seeing the negative. And I sort of feel like that's the Peter Parker thing. Like, I wish I had that problem, right? Like, <laughs> like oh no. Well, I used to tell, I used to tell, uh, when I had a, a long time ago, one of my roommates was a bartender and I used to tell him all the time, like, cause, cause attractive women all the time would just give her number to him. He wouldn't even have to speak to him. He like, he might take a drink order and make a smirk and that's it. Like they're, they, like they leave their number while they're sitting next to their boyfriend. Like it would be bad sometimes I would tease him about it, but every once in a while he'd try and get pouty and be like, Oh, you know. You know, it's hard for me to be in a committed single, in a committed relationship because of all these women who are very available to me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, your problem is too many attractive women want you. Like, I'm not going to sympathize for you and I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's how like, hard your life is. Oh, like, my heart is, my heart is breaking, Peter Parker. I can't. <laughs> He's like, you're kind of a jerk. And I was like, this is just one of those things where I don't feel bad for you. Like, <laughs> Maybe this is a real problem, but it doesn't feel like it. Right. Also, it, it's a hundred percent like no, it's it's a hundred percent you, dude. Like it's not the other people involved here. Yeah, you can very simply just make a choice here, but like you don't want to because it's so great. And don't get me wrong, I understand that, but that's why I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> so, what they want me to move out of Cancun and go live in the Bahamas? It's just not fair. Like I'm really gonna have, to... and like that's the end of the that's the end of his problems. Yeah, I'm gonna put all my stuff in boxes and then they'll ship it for me. It's just crap, man. 
<laughs> Diamonds in the soles of her shoes. There you go. Um, <laughs> we'll take a break. When we come back. We've got a lot more not feeling anyone else's problems today. I don't know. We're we turned cold on somebody. It's Nerd Thug Radio. Corey DLG here of Nerd Thug Radio. Wanted to let you guys know about Dragon's Lair, Houston North, right there at 21151 State Highway 249, Houston, Texas, 77070. The Dragon's Lair's got a full range of comics and games, as well as comics, graphic novels, manga, and one of Houston's largest selections of board, card, and miniature gaming. That's Dragon's Lair right there at 249 in Luetta Road. Come hang out. Let them know Nerd Thug Radio sent you. Welcome back to Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. We're hanging out here on this weekend just doing our Nerd Thug Radio thing. Um, Yeah. You got anything you want to talk about here, or do you want me to just keep rambling about different stuff? I mean, we can keep rambling. I'm, I'm living it living it up here. <laughs> I'm having a blast talking about random stuff. <laughs> I, um, I definitely, I think I'm feeling a shift in what books I'm going to be buying here lately. I, um... What do you mean? What comic books I'm going to be buying? I oh. I think I'm just about done buying up the X Men line. Oh for- no! They finally done it. The indefinite, the indefinite phase two is finally wards wards wore you down. So I read. So the fourth and final issue of X Men and X Men Inferno finally came out. Um, it's got a really cool battle between Xavier Magneto, um. Sentinel Zero or whatever, Omega Sentinel and Nimrod. It's got this really great four-way battle between them. Uh, and it's cool, man. It's really, really cool. What um, is Professor X going to do against the robots? Well, so on and off throughout the life of Professor X, they've hinted sometimes at him having telekinesis as well. Uh, and it just so happens he has it here again in this fight. Okay, I was gonna say, like, what are you gonna mind control the robots? <laughs> yeah, and it was so, like, when the fight starts, so in Inferno, the storyline there is so in the House of X storyline is that Moira McTaggart is actually a really powerful mutant whose death keeps resetting the timeline, and she has lived through 12 or so different timelines where. She has been unable to reset the timeline and therefore where she didn't get the outcome she wanted, I should say. So she keeps trying different things. And finally, she's at the point now where she doesn't know what to try. So she just tells Xavier what's going on. They bring in Magneto. They bring in Apocalypse. They bring in Sinister. And they're trying this mutant utopia Krakoa idea. Um, But in the very first or second issue of this story, it's revealed that actually the mutants do wind up winning the war. It's just after Moira's set of X-Men die that that happens. So she never actually finds out that eventually the thing that comes through and does kill AI is mutants. So it's kind of an odd, sort of a bittersweetness to the story. Um, But Inferno is about Mystique and White Queen... And other members of the council finding out about the Xavier Magneto Moira McTaggart secret. Um, and that secret becomes just, it, it twists everybody against each other. And there's a lot of interviews that goes on. Other people get involved. There's kind of a, 
a hidden player in all this. I don't want to reveal because people. I want people to read it if they want. Um, but it winds it winds up setting the stage for the next generation. Uh, the Quiet Council now, as a whole, all now know Moira McTaggart's secret. That they are in this reset timeline and that they're fighting this war against AI. Um, but I, I don't know. I didn't enjoy. I didn't. The delivery was good. It was very. Everyone kind of felt true to form. But it just. I don't know that that was enough. Like something else needed to happen in this miniseries to make this whole thing feel big. I don't think enough big stuff happened. Like it's almost like big, but only in this tiny universe. Like these should have been the B plots. Like X Men issue six came out this week. Also, these should have been like the B plots in the X Men books. This whole Inferno run. But it's a big deal, Corey. It has to be its own thing, or else no one's going to take it seriously. Right. So now we all have to take this seriously. And and the Immortal X Men is going to be the Quiet Council story, and I don't really know that I care about that. I don't know that I want to read it. Also, one of the wasted best titles of all time. I know. Um, and most of the new X-Men lines I'm not excited about. Like, I'm not going to keep reading X-Force. Um, I do want to read Knights of X because that's one of the ones I've enjoyed. Uh, but again, they were doing something different there. It was Dungeons & Dragons meets X-Men. Um, it was just this kind of really cool way to look at magic and x-men powers and mutants and all that and and the other world which never gets used a lot in books so i was really excited about that i'm gonna keep reading that probably but a lot of the other stuff i mean i don't know i just i thought sword was a cool book and now they've the big twist kind of changes that book a lot and then now the new x-men red is going to be about mars and i don't really know that i am as excited as i was just right before all of this about that book so yeah, it's sort of, I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, Avengers is doing a lot of cool stuff. Uh, and Avengers Forever seems interesting. There's really, uh, I'm, I don't know. Like, I, I, I see I see my interest being pulled in other directions here lately. I like the Daredevil storylines coming on Dark Reign, where Wilson Fisk has outlawed vigilantes from New York, and he's the mayor of New York now. Woo. Um, and so it's sort of about, like, what does that look like? And uh, at the end of the first issue... He tries to arrest the Fantastic Four. So, like, there's a lot going on. That is a lot going on. Um, so, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there's other stuff happening that's, that might be more worth reading and looking at. Uh, and in the meantime, I don't know that I really want to keep reading these books that just kind of under-deliver a little bit. These are supposed to be like the, the saviors of the X-Men. We have feel like we haven't had a good X-Men story in so long, and then we just ended up like and really, out. Its core X-Men book hasn't been all that great. What are we doing, guys? That's the more that's to me, that's the most frustrating thing about all of this is after they built all of this up in all these other books, they launch an X-Men title that's just nothing. <laughs> It's like, wow, thanks, guys. Like, we're really, really bringing this stuff home. Bringing the A game. By the A game, I mean the B game. By the B game, I mean the see you later game. Oof. Yeah. That's I mean, tough. it's just, it's not about anything. They're not doing anything. Like, it just feels empty. What happens when you take consequences away? But, you know, I'm not going to get into that. Well, no, I mean, because there could have still be consequences even if they live forever. That's really, that's, that's not the issue to me. The issue to me is just as a, there's no 
Who are they fighting? What are they against? What's happening? They're doing more in like the overarching stuff. You know what it is? They're acting like X-Men isn't big enough to house the actual main story. And it's like, well, if it's not for the X-Men, then who is it for? <laughs> and so that's sort of the annoying part. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm annoyed with it now. It's like, what are we even... What are it's we Because I feel like because they're treating everything as its own individual thing. Like, no, we can't involve the Inferno plot with the core X-Men. No, we can't involve this plot with the core X-Men because they're all supposed to be their own like islands and when everything's not connected everything feels small and inconsequential well but but even see but yes and no right like if it's done badly it feels really inconsequential if it's done good you still care about the stakes for those particular characters right like again Excalibur I was really in tune with what's going on but then like New Mutants it doesn't seem to be about anything and it's sort of like uh mm, cool you know, like, it's just not the same. I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking for, but they're not giving it to me. Tragic. Because you were so excited about this. Really, and I thought House of X Powers of X was awesome. And I feel just kind of really let down by the, by the follow-through. The pitch was amazing. The delivery was good. The follow-through has been subpar. I guess that's what happens when your uh, lead just goes away. <laughs> Yeah, probably a little bit. Um, all right, we're going to drop to a break. When we come back, we got a little bit more up late with Nerd Thug Radio coming your way. Hey, guys. Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio letting you guys know about Dragon's Lair's gaming schedule. Every Monday, they've got Magic the Gathering Commander going on. And on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, they have Dungeons and Dragons. That's what I get down on. Uh, Warhammer on Fridays, as well as Friday Night Magic. Every Friday, as well as monthly tournaments, Dragon's Lairs, where nerds go to get their game on right there. Luetta and 249, 211-51 State Highway, 249, Houston, Texas, 77070. Hey, Night Owls, Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, wanting to remind you guys about False Idol Brewery right there at 7924 Maplewood Avenue in North Richland Hills, Dallas's brewery that focuses on creativity, consistency, and quality. They've got events going on all week. They've got Fill the Fridge Mondays with 15% off to go and $4 off of flights until 3 p.m. Thursday night trivia and Friday night special beer releases. Make sure to get out to False Idol Brewery in North Richland Hills today. Welcome back to Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. Of course, this is Corey DLG with me as usual, little brother Nico. Um, Yeah, man. So, what's is there anything coming up that you're excited about this year? This year, well, uh, great. This year, there's been like okay. these past like year and a half bit have been like some absolute like banger years for anime. Like some really great stuff that's been coming out recently. Probably the weirdest show of my entire life this past like weekend, and I'm still haven't gotten over it because I don't think I understood anything that happened. <laughs> okay, what is that? Which is so it's called Sunny Boy. S O N N Y B O Y, and it's got to be like one. It's got an amazing soundtrack. Like it's got some of the most beautiful music I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay. It has a really interesting, like, 
it has something to say, but I haven't quite figured out what that is. It feels very like philosophical almost. <laughs> Strange show and it's like super depressing and it's really emotional and I don't really know how to feel about it. It's it was a trip. It's like oh it's only twelve episodes and I still haven't gotten over it. So that's just been something that's stuck in my head for the past like week and a half. Okay. I even talked to Zach about it because I was like, I have no idea how I feel about this. <laughs> I need other people to watch it because pretty much everywhere I've watched it is either like no, I don't get it, or yeah, I guess, but like, I don't know. I've like watched other people's interpretations, and I'm like, mm, I don't really agree with this. Interesting. It's weird. It's weird. I I really love it though. It's got to be like that. Like it's it's just one of those shows that I've watched, and I'm like, I gotta come back to it because I, I. But I don't know if I'm ready to yet. All right. Okay. So I'm going through and looking at things that are projected to release this year. Now, this is just TV. Bleach is coming back after a decade of not being on air. What is? Bleach. It's another anime. Oh, yeah. That's that's one of your shows. That's, that's, one, of the, uh, that's one of the OG shows. What do you mean? That was like on Adult Swim. Like, it was a big deal in 2006. <laughs> uh, okay. There's a lot on this thing. All right, here we go. Here we go. Um, I don't watch Discovery of Witches. So I don't really care about that. Superman and Lois is back for season two on CW. Naomi is debuting on CW. Um, I don't really care about either one of those. Peacemaker has been out on HBO Max. I got to tell you, first of all, this show is crazy good. I've been watching it now. Uh, I think there are only I think we're only four or five episodes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> one of the lines here is Cena was apparently instructed to play a douchey broy Captain America, nice. um, and he's really nailing it. He really is. There's a lot of heart and charm to this to this thing, um, but it's really really good. Some really sad moments. Like he's a very relatable character as more and more stuff keeps happening. Um, it, it's a good show so far. I didn't know the Hor- the Orville was gone. Oh, was it finished? Oh, the the Orville's third season is going to be called New Horizons, but it is still the Orville. Oh, okay. And that's due to come out March tenth, so that's coming up. Man, I feel like it's been a while since I've heard anything from that show. But April guess... twenty nineteen was the last time an episode is aired. It says. Yeah. I was going to say, it was like, it seems like a pretty long time. Uh, Atlanta season three is finally coming out. Oh, I didn't even realize there was a second season for that. Oh, God. Season two was really, really good. Um, it kind of, like, the whole season is sort of about, is this where Donald Glover, like, should be? In parallel to the rap world. And, like, it's really interesting. Um, the Lord of the Rings show from Amazon that they've been talking about forever finally comes out. Oh, look at that. Finally making it. It's listed as September 2nd. Coming out, you know, about a year from now. Like, <laughs> Right. Like She-Hulk, hate. the release date is to be determined. Miss Marvel, uh, Moon Knight, uh, The Boys, Season 3. Yeah, yeah, The, the Boys. Great. 
uh, House of the Dragon, which is a prequel to Game of Thrones. And I guess it's about how the Targaryens take power. I wonder I wonder how... how... I feel like the, the last season of Game of Thrones... Like, poisoned the whole thing? Yeah, I don't know. You yeah, might be like, right. Are people still going to care? Right. Uh, the Sandman show is set to a debut still. And apparently they're doing a new Star Trek, Strange New Worlds. It's about... This is weird. So it's Christopher... It's Captain Pike. So it's the captain before Kirk. Hmm. But it's got Ethan Peck as Spock and Celia Rose Gooding as Ura. Yeah. I guess they were on that old crew. I guess that makes sense. That's weird. Umbrella Academy season three. Oh, finally. Season Season two was like great, but it left such a big cliffhanger. <laughs> I know. Who are the sparrows? And then on top of that, there's movies coming out. All right. There's a Batman movie. Um, there's a Flash movie. There's a Doctor Strange movie. There's uh what, I think a Thor movie too. Yeah, Love and Thunder. And then a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Um, man, I hope that's just a like hokey Christmas special. <laughs> well, it's not the movie, they filmed separately, so this is not the Guardians of the Galaxy 3. This is a Christmas special, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I really yeah. hope it's like the old Star Wars Christmas special, which has nothing to do with the movies. Yeah, so there's a lot coming up. Um, it's a lot of exciting stuff. Oh, we're running out of time, aren't we? All right. Yeah. Uh, what are you most excited about from that list? Uh, probably the Doctor Strange movie, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'm so cu- I'm so curious where they're going to go with the multiverse thing. Uh, but I am going to say Lord of the Rings just to see. They've been, I mean, they've been working on the show for like five years. Remember when Amazon bid like a billion dollars to get it or something like that? Yeah, some insane number. So I really want to know what what they're going to do there. Um, all that being said, make sure to go to the Adventure Begins, uh, the Adventure Begins Roku page. Check that out. Make sure to support your local comic shop. Make sure to like, subscribe, and enjoy our podcast. It's up there on Spotify and every other app. Thank you for listening. Go to facebook.com backslash nerdthugradio. Like the page. It's where we're doing all kinds of great stuff. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And make sure to check out the podcast when it drops Monday day. This is Corey DLG. With me is also uh, little brother Nico. Thanks, guys.